Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's Ollie from History Profiles, and in this video, I will be talking about a man known to history simply as the Witch Burner. Speaking of burning, if you like candles, go check out Candia Mia on Etsy. The link is in the description box below. Anyway, let's get into the video. The Witch Burner was born as Johan and was birthed in the Wissenheide on the 23rd of April. 1586. Not much is known of his early life, so we have nothing to go on to see what he was really like. At the age of around 40, he was elected to be the Prince Bishop of Bamberg on the 13th of October 1623. Now, the Prince Bishops operated courts like minor royalty. In addition, they were granted imperial immediacy which is a privileged political status where they were free from the authority of any local lord or king and only answered to the Holy Roman Emperor. So not only was Johann living a lavish lifestyle with his princely title, he could also not be arrested or stand trial without the authority of the Emperor. We first really hear of Johann when the Bamberg witch trials took place. This was during 1626 to 1631, which was a series of mass trials and executions. The reason for the trials were, during the 17th century, the winters were cold. There was a drop in temperature in other months, such as spring and summer. The people looked for a cause, and they started to turn on people that they thought were witches, blaming them for the crops failing, people starving and ultimately dying. The witch hysteria grew in Germany, and particularly in Bamberg, where the frost of the night would regularly devastate and damage crops. This sprung Johann, the Prince Bishop, into action, and he began personally overseeing the witch trials. Anyone that was accused of being a witch was quickly arrested, and then they would be questioned. If they denied all charges, they would be subject to torture. The methods used were with thumbscrews and leg vices, amongst other things, enough to make the strongest willed of people confess. As part of the trials, the Prince Bishop ordered the construction of a witch house. This was a prison for alleged witches, which included a torture chamber, so that he could extract whatever information fit his narrative so he could achieve confessions. The prison was called the Drudenhaus and had 26 single cells and two larger cells for groups of people. An inscription on the walls read, Let it be a reminder of justice from which God can't ignore. The walls inside the cells were decorated with text from the Bible, enough to make anyone go mad. 
By 1628, there were already 200 documented trials, where all the accused had been burned for witchcraft. Even the mayor of Bamberg wasn't safe. He was accused and swiftly arrested. He ended up in the Drudenhaus prison, which was a terrible sight. The cell walls drove you mad from the inscriptions, and the screaming from the torture of the inmates could be heard all day and all night. The mayor would deny all charges and demanded to confront his witnesses. However, after a week of torture, his story changed completely. He confessed that he had denounced God for the devil and that he attended the witch's Sabbath, which is a gathering of those considered to practice witchcraft and other rites. He also confessed that he was seduced by a woman who later proved to be a succubus and threatened to kill him unless he renounced God. He took the witch name of Crix and even said that he had met the major demon, Beezlebub. The mayor of Bamberg was burned one month later and was consumed by the flames. Johann, the prince bishop, soon earned the nickname the Witch Burner. The mayor of Bamberg wrote a letter to his daughter explaining his innocence before he died. He knew he would die due to his confession and ended the letter with, Good night, for your father will see you no more. This conveys the delusion or cruelty of the now Witch Burner. As the common people saw how many people were dying, the hysteria soon began to fade as everyone soon realised that they were in danger of being accused and didn't want to end up on the pyre. The state of fear in Bamberg got so bad that the peasants refused to supply wood for the burnings. At this point, over 1,000 people had been tried and burned for witchcraft. There was a new pyre built every day and smoke could be seen miles away from Bamberg. It was truly a town of misery and the atmosphere was one of pain and depression. Human ash would breeze by on a regular basis and the stench of burning flesh was accustomed to by the residents of Bamberg and passers-by would feel the eeriness of the town. A woman named Dorothea Flock was arrested for witchcraft and she was thrown into the witchburner's prison while heavily pregnant. Her family and husband would campaign heavily for her release. They were an influential family and they went to the Nuremberg Council in order to try to free her. However, nothing seemed to work as the witchburner was protected by the emperor and was bound by no laws of the land. Her family then had no choice but to turn to the Aulic Council in Vienna, which is the Supreme Court of the Holy Roman Empire. The case caught the attention of the president of the Aulic Council who stepped into the case. An imperial mandate was written which would have freed Dorothea Flock and was sent to the Witchburner's prison. However, the Witchburner and his witch hunters learned that the mandate would soon arrive and brought the execution forward of Dorothea. Before her execution, she was tortured with red-hot pincers. She was then tied to a stake and burned alive. Nothing remained of her but ash. 
Dorothea was killed half an hour before the messenger came with her mandate, an imperial order which would have freed her. While she was alive in the Witchburner's prison, she apparently gave birth to a healthy girl. The Witchburner showed no mercy to anyone. He was sadistic, cruel, and even ignored orders from the church if he could get around it. It seems the only person that was doing the devil's work was himself. However, the Witchburner would not escape this unjust execution. The Catholic Church in Germany was outraged that Dorothea was killed even though there was an imperial order to free her. The church held the Witchburner personally responsible. An investigation was then launched on the Witchburner, which prevented any further trials. The Witchburner's reign of terror would soon come to an end, as troops under Gustav II, King of Sweden, would storm into Bamberg and occupy it due to their role in the Thirty Years' War. On the 11th of February, 1632, the Witchburner would flee the city and go into exile. He died in Austria, exiled from a land which he once dominated with complete fear. He died on the 29th of March, 1633, just one year into exile. If you enjoyed the video guys, make sure to give it a like and subscribe, and I'll see you guys next time for another video. Bye.